If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za. Always a delight to speak to you, Queen. And I guess uh, today's conversation can really go in so many different directions. But let's just start with the basics of estate planning, right? Uh, and ensuring that your beneficiaries are listed. You've got the executor of your estate appointed. Um, uh, talk us through again just some of those basics that one needs to be mindful of before we then step into the theme of potentially irresponsible children. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's important, um, you know, for listeners to note that it's important to have a last will of uh, testament, last will and testament, uh, to ensure that, you know, distribution of your assets go accordingly to how you'd like them to go. But also it's important if you have minor children or even children that are of age, but you know that, you know, they're not the most responsible and there's certain things that you'd like to take place. It's important to do that. I mean, rather die when you have a will in place than die interstate. Because if you die interstate, that means, you know, the government is then going to be the one that actually decides on your behalf how the distribution of your wealth is going to go. So it's important, you know, for individuals. It doesn't matter whether you're poor or rich, but it's important to have a will in place especially if you want to protect, you know, the legacy uh, that you've worked so hard uh, that you're leaving behind for your family and for your children, most importantly. 100%. And maybe let's talk about children, right? And uh, in this conversation, I guess the definition of children is also very broad. Uh, It could uh, be nieces, nephews, or uh, children that you might have adopted, or someone who is a minor, at least within your view, however, is still uh, a a beneficiary within your will and testament. Talk to us once we have to take into account that... mm, my parents could be sitting here and thinking, yeah, she, she's okay, but hey, when it comes to money, she's not very disciplined. <laughs> How do we need to manage that? Are there terms and conditions one can apply to the world? Are there tools that we can use in order to manage this effectively? Yes, there are terms and conditions uh, that one can apply to their will. Uh, for example, you might have uh, children of different ages, although others may be you know, above you know, the legal age of, of 18 or 21. But if you look at their spending habits, if you look at how they deal with, you know, matter of finances, they might not be equipped. And also, I mean, if someone has never held millions in their hand, all of a sudden they have. And that's how we end up with a lot of people blowing it. Mm-hmm. So it's important that when you draft a will, the first important thing to note is that you need to be specific as, about saying that you want a testamentary trust to be set up upon your death. And to be clear, what that testamentary means, trust is only set up once one passes away, right? Yes. Who is deceased? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll explain the process to you. Um, what will happen is that the executor of the estate, okay, depending whether you've taken it with a company or with an attorney firm, uh, the person that will be appointed as an executor will then, you know, calculate all the costs in terms of what are the fees, what are the taxes that need to be paid on the estate, but also if you've got liabilities for a that once that is settled uh, they will look at what is remaining in the in in the, in the estate uh, let's say for example you had a husband or you have a mother that you wanted to leave a sum of money to um, you know other than just the children they will then you know make uh, fulfill those requests in terms of you know anyone you wanted to gift it anyone you wanted to be a beneficiary but when it comes to children it's important then they will set up what we call a testamentary trust when they set up a testamentary trust, I think in your will you could have stated who you want that trustee to be because that's when the trustee kicks in and then the distribution to the rest of the beneficiaries start. So you have the opportunity to say, I mean, I've got my son who's 18 years old, but I know that he's not responsible with money. So instead of giving my son a lump sum, 
rather the money he get it gets invested and he only receives like a stipend every single month. Yes. You know, up until the ages of 25 or up until the ages of 30, you can determine that it's up to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's better to do it in that way, especially if you're not sure that the person can handle, you know, that kind of money. Mm. But also another thing, why it's important to do that, especially with minor children, we normally leave our minor children with guardians. But can you ever imagine what's going to happen if the guardian of the child receives millions? Is it really going to be spent towards the livelihood of that child? And this is how you can protect them by ensuring that you've got the terms clearly stipulated in your will on how your testamentary trust you know, must be set up to ensure that those children can be taken care of you know, for the longest time. And even with the younger children, you can determine it's it's not automatic that when they turn 18, whatever is left in your estate must be given to them in cash. They can still be paid out in terms of a stipend, in terms of what they need until they finish school, until they're adults. And until you feel that they're at an age where they will be responsible with the money that you've left for them. I'm so glad that you mentioned this, right? Because so often we tend to think that we don't have any control. I must indulge you on some of the comments that we're seeing from our listeners on social media. So we put this question to them. Do you worry about your kids blowing whatever inheritance uh, you are hoping to leave for them? (laughs) One says, I told my children there's no inheritance. Every man for himself. I'll give them education and then goodbye. Uh, Someone else, Dumangosi, says uh, they have already started it now. The inheritance is in their hands. And I think this obviously Mm -hmm. speaks to the mindset that we typically have as parents that each man for himself, you must work uh, uh, for the efforts as well as the wealth that you want to accumulate. But I believe that we're moving into a generation where if you have some sense of wealth, and as you say, whether you're rich or poor, you're still leaving behind an asset. There might be some money in your account. uh, And it almost seems as though we might leave assets, but we're not doing enough to instill the necessary discipline for beneficiaries to manage this wealth that they might bequeath. So does this also form yeah, part of that? If you the generation now, I mean, they are a spent generation. You know, they are I wanted now type of generation. Yeah. And I think even as a parent, if you believe that you've left them education, you've given them their wealth in their hands, what's going to happen if you die? Because, I mean, currently you may be living a comfortable life, making sure that you take care of yourself. But everything that you leave behind is going to fall in the hands of that of those that you leave behind. So critically important, even if you say you've given that, make sure you've got a last will and testament in place that actually stipulates what it is that you want to happen. You know, do not go on the assumption that just because I have given them a future, I've given them an education, your house, you know, whatever you have, your pensions, whatever you have. And, you know, the worryingly thing is that we don't know our time of death, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's important that you need to always be prepared. And always make sure that you sit either with your attorney or financial advisor to review your will regularly to ensure it's in line with what you wanted to say or who you want to leave the the, 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 the estate to, you know, the, the benefits of the estate to. So critically important. It's more around planning around your wealth other than planning around your children, you know, um, and making sure that whatever you've worked hard for, um, you know, doesn't get fought over, but it's distributed the way that you want to distribute it. And I mean, a lot of us, we've got children. I've got three children. I've got a home that I live with these children. Mm. What happens tomorrow if I die? You don't want your children to be fighting against Usekaya, Pumawen and stuff like that. You want something that is tight, that is going to ensure that the, 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 the legacy that you've created, you know, lasts longer into the generations to come. It's not just protecting them, but it's sometimes also protecting those generations that are going to come after them. Uh, and I think that's how we need to think around it. It's not about just the now, you know, it's not about what I've already given them, but it's about what's going to happen if you're no longer here. Because your voice 
it's only in that document. You know, you will not longer, no longer have a voice once you're gone. Hundred percent. We can't wake you up, hey, uh, from the grave. Unfortunately, no. say. By the way, this car is it mine or my brother's? And I, there's something so critical that you highlight here in terms of the trust, right? And you you mentioned setting up a testamentary trust. And I I assume many of us as South Africans will think, hold on, there must be significant tax implications. Remind us of the difference between a testamentary trust uh, together with a living trust, uh, and, and of course um, uh, the various appointments uh, and you judicial um, responsibilities that might be involved there, legislative responsibilities? I, I think there's a there's a huge difference between a living trust because with a living trust, it needs to be managed while you're still alive. So for one, you will draw it up with an attorney. Uh, you can stipulate, you move your assets in there, and there's certain taxes that you will be charged whilst you're still alive. So there will be money that's going out from a living trust. So it can be a very expensive exercise to manage. I mean, I'm not an expert in terms of trust, you know, from a legal perspective, but I know high level to say there are cost implications that are involved, whereby if it's set up after, you know, your 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 your, your death, which is a testamentary one, the rules are a bit different in terms of, you know, the tax implications that apply there. And I think it will have to be, you know, another series that we look at that actually looks at the difference between the tax mechanisms uh, that are used. And remember as well, you know, some of the tax with a testament and trust would be tax that is taxed in the hands of the beneficiary, mm-hmm. not to you, um, you know, which is the difference between a testamentary trust and a living trust. Because with the living trust, you pay the tax whilst you're still alive. You know, every year you have to submit financials. Every year you have to make sure that, you know, whatever assets you move in there, you know, for example, let's say I've got a property now. So if I was to move it into a testamentary trust, into a living trust now, there's transfer costs and stuff like that. So there's a lot of costs that involved. Whereas, you know, upon your death, if you decide for this property, so there's an outstanding bond amount that's left, the executor will make sure that all those debts are settled prior to setting up that testamentary trust so that there's very little, you know, financial implications that go down to your beneficiaries. 100%. 100%. So critical that you mention this for us to be mindful of. And I'm assuming, uh, uh, Queen, there might be someone listening here this evening um, who might actually want to review this and, and have a conversation. Where should one start in the conversation with their financial advisor to make sure that they perhaps take a look at the option of a testamentary trust? I think for a lot of people, Google, it's not very easy to afford setting up a willing tr- a, 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 a living trust, um, you know, especially if you look at, you know, the economy we live in in South Africa and the cost management of it. So when they have uh, the conversation with their financial advisor, it's very important that they ensure that they get as much information as possible around what it means setting up that testamentary trust, what it's going to require, and what are the key things that they need to make sure that they're stipulated in their last will and testament. Because it's not set up then, it's only set up later. So you need to make sure that your will and testament is clear. And remember, I mean, for most organizations at the moment, setting up a will and testament doesn't come really at a cost. Mm. You know, if there is a cost, it's very minimal. And I think for most people, and that's why I said rich or poor, you know, it's, it's actually a cheaper method to actually go with. And anybody can actually set up that last will and testament and ensure that whatever terms and conditions they want in there are building in there, you know, to protect their children, but also to protect, you know, the legacy that they have left. Um, It's clear, you can't just do a last will and testament and not clearly stipulate that upon your death, this is what you want to happen. And one of those things that should happen is actually the setting up of the testamentary trust. 
I understand. So be deliberate, be clear, be intentional uh, and communicate it effectively to make sure that it is understood to avoid any kind of confusion. Because we know how families can get sometimes, right? Yeah. (laughs) And I think what's important as well, people must remember when you do a will, that's the one point in your life you have to be honest about everything in your life. Yes. You don't want things being discovered later. Mm. You know, and remember, a world is between you and the person that you're growing up with. A lot of the other family members, a lot of, you know, your wife or your husband will only see that document upon your death. So some of us, you know, um, especially men, some people have children that are outside of, you know, the, the household. Mm. You know, those are things to even think about, to say, okay, what are the implications? How do I make sure that, you know, this is taken care of within my will? And you can actually take care of within your will. You know, and I think one of the most important things that, that people must remember as well, and why it's important to mention these things, is that, you know, a lot of the times, things such as your pension will not form part of the estate. You know, the distribution of that is dependent on the trustees of that pension fund. And should it be discovered that you've got younger children that are not, you know, part of your nomination list, mm-hmm. there's investigation that actually tries and establish to say, is there someone that is financially dependent on you? And if you have a young child out of the house that's day that's three years old, that child will get a distribution. But I think even worse, you know, if you have somebody else like a parent or even a girlfriend sometimes that can mm-hmm. prove that I was financially dependent on this person, you know, they can have a claim against your pension fund. So that's why it's important that Maybe that you can't protect as much because the final decision in terms of the distribution is not yours. It's that of the trustees of that pension fund. But in terms of what you have in control of, make sure that, you know, you make it very tight. You are very specific. You are very honest. You know, you list your liabilities, your assets. You list everything possible that you think it should be in there. You know, and and you make sure that as well, you give your executor the timelines to say, I want this read before or after my family, because some people also even stipulate how I would like to be buried. Mm. You know, certain things can be done before and then others can be done later. So it's very important to be specific, to be transparent and be very honest, you know, lay it all down. I think that's the one part of light where you actually become naked, you know, in in, in some sense, Mm. where you can hide anything about yourself. That's when you're drawing your last will and testament. Definitely. Oh, Queen, I'm actually invigorated by this conversation because the truth is that it applies to our lives in so many different ways. And as you've highlighted, the honesty, the clarity uh, is what is needed because the the more you actually add to the cobwebs of confusion where you've got uh, perhaps children or a family or someone else that you might be taking care of, that actually further delays uh, the progress and process of of, of wrapping up your estate because of the additional investigations that do need to be had. But uh, as you say, it's a critical conversation and I believe we almost need to remove the shame. So people can confidently sit yeah. in front of their financial advisors and say, look, I might be married with two kids at home, but there's another one outside, uh, another child that mm-hmm. I have, and um, this is how I choose for them to be taken care of. So as you say, having those open and upfront conversations is definitely necessary. So that means we will be speaking to you again soon. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kuko. I think it's it's always important to have this um, this conversations. Uh, it's 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 some of those things that we shy about, shy away from, and I think let's be honest. How many of us, when we are alive, do we actually sit down and discuss these matters with our family? Mm-hmm. You know, we have trust issues. Uh, we we don't want to be transparent, but I think that it's important to lay down the preparation uh, so that people know what to do. And I think you've stated one important thing to say: if it's clear, if it's direct, it will 
take a short time mm-hmm. to actually wind up your estate. But if it's a mess, it might take a long time. And you need to really think about during this time, how is my family going to be surviving? Yes. You know, and it's important to think about those things and why it's important to actually make sure that this the, this process is in place and in order and filed whilst you're still here. 100%. Because there's a lot of dynamics within our families. Uh, there's a lot of dynamics in our relationships, you know. And uh, the one thing is you need to protect those that cannot protect themselves. And sometimes it's protecting them against themselves. 100%. Especially our children. Ooh, definitely. Definitely. I love how this conversation has evolved. But as you say, all from um, uh, real life situations and scenarios we need to be mindful of. Oh, Queen, such a pleasure speaking to you this evening. Really appreciate your time. Catch the broadcast on Kaya 959.co.za.